going for change? Well, the reason I came to Turkey uh, was actually because I spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe for teaching for quite a long time. And I'd been to Turkey before and I wanted to be in a warm place with more communicative kind of people because the Turks are very easy to communicate with actually. First of all, I didn't know any Turkish, but um, you know, it's actually, it's easy to learn Turkish from the point of view that people help you. If you speak three words of Turkish, everyone's really happy. And so they encourage you. So. Um, of course, it's never easy to learn a language, but if you really want to learn Turkish, it's easier than some other languages because people support you and they always teach you words. And, and then you can communicate much better with people anyway, if you know the language. My life here is pretty different, I guess, from a lot of people's lives, because uh, if you just look from the outside, it seems that I'm living in the countryside and I'm just in the garden with the chickens, with the animals, and then going for a walk when I feel like it, you know, going to the beach when I feel like it. But actually I'm working as well, so um, I have a pretty long day. I get, I'm an early person, I get up very early, uh, sometimes four o'clock, sometimes five o'clock. But anyway, as soon as the spring arrives, at least 5.30 is probably the latest I get up. So I get up with the chickens. I have a couple of hours in the garden doing something with the animals, gardening, whatever. Um, and then uh, after breakfast, I start working. I, I'm an editor and a writer. And um, so uh, what I actually, my kind of work life means that, again, I start quite early. I might start at 5.30 and do two hours editing or writing and after breakfast do another few hours and then maybe the rest of the day I'm doing other stuff you know I might be um, again in the garden I might be swimming I might be walking I might be but in fact I finish most of my work early in the morning or late at night and in between because it's a Mediterranean climate you have a great life here you know you can do you've got like two days really if you get up early you have uh, actually more time than other people because by the time normal people I suppose you can say norm, you know, normal people uh, get up. You've actually done half a day's work already, so it's an advantage in some ways to be. Well, the reason I came to Turkey really was because I had been teaching in a lot of different places, but Turkey was the first place I taught in, and then I decided to come back here. And um, basically because I like the people and I like the climate, so uh, I came back to, uh, to do some teaching do some writing and um, so it was a little bit like coming back to somewhere I'd you know been a long time ago and that was the initial thing that brought me back I guess. Uh, I've been teaching uh, English for a long time and um, but it's specialized English teaching it's not general so it's like teaching English for business and English for finance mainly English for finance so and communication skills that go with that so uh, how to have a meeting in English, but in a financial situation. I'd been coming to Turkey quite a lot and um, to do teaching. And every time I came to do teaching, I stayed a little bit, maybe had a holiday or, you know, saw a bit of Turkey. And actually, uh, my husband was a friend of someone who I met when I first came to Turkey, uh, a Canadian uh, guy. And um, 
he was a friend of his, so uh, I saw him quite a lot. Every time I came, he was around, and eventually we met, so uh, that was it. Actually, there are uh, a lot of Western women married to Turkish men, especially in this area because it's a, touristi a touristic area. But you could call those marriages touristic marriages in a way. And I think, I know there are some good marriages amongst them, but there is a lot of um, cases of women coming on holiday, they meet a waiter, uh, maybe they're divorced or they're a bit older and of course they're in a Mediterranean country, a nice young man. And some of those marriages don't turn out great, you know. I, I think the bottom line is communication and if neither of them really speak each other's languages, which often happens, uh, it's, it's like the classic holiday romance, you know. It's okay for a holiday but then when people spend longer, they find it hard to communicate. So um, in our case, it's a little bit different because I know Turkish. And in fact, the longer I've, or the more I came to Turkey, the more Turkish I learned. And I had Turkish friends. So in a lot of uh, cases, people decide to come to Turkey because it's quite cheap, the climate's good, but they stay in a kind of condominium or a, like a colony almost of uh, expats in a kind of expat community. So they don't need to speak Turkish, actually, you know, they, they, with other English people or the German people. And, um, you know, they, actually the British don't have a great reputation for learning languages. We are not good at that, you know. My family, when I told them I was getting married to a Turkish man, I guess they were a bit surprised actually that I was getting married in the first place because for a long time I, I travelled and that's the thing about teaching English that actually it's possible to go anywhere in the world. So first they were surprised I was getting married and then a Turkish man, I guess they thought it would be quite difficult to be with a, a, a Turkish man, you know what I mean? Some of my friends were quite surprised and you know there is sometimes a bit of stigma to Turkish men. So some of them tend to think that I'll be wearing a veil or something after a couple of years, you know, so. But I, you know, a lot of my friends were English teachers too, so I don't know that many people who are married to English men, really. It's, that's a condition of the job. You travel around, you meet people in different countries, you know. Well, my husband's family were quite shocked, I guess, when they found out he was actually married to an English person because he didn't tell them that he was getting married or anything, he just got married. But one pretty quite important thing about the Turkish family system, uh, m once men get to a certain age, then the family doesn't really interfere. They, you know, they don't really question things, especially uh, my husband comes from the east of Turkey, from Mardin, and in that area you know, once you're a man, then you decide so his family wouldn't question it. They might think it's strange, um, but they wouldn't question that. So, I mean, I guess I'm lucky in that respect because I do know quite a lot of English people who met Turkish men and the family were against it and they caused a lot of problems for them and ended up splitting up because of that. So, um, you know, his family are pretty good because they didn't interfere. Really, when I met uh, my husband's family, you can see that they are, you know, it, it is a culture shock for them. Of course, it's a big difference 
for them because well you know you need to know a little bit about the um about marriage in general in in the east of turkey for example when um a man gets married it means in actual fact that they gain a bride and the bride is called a gelin and the gelin is actually like a possession for the mother-in-law she teaches the new bride how to cook she teaches her a lot of uh, you know maybe how to sew how to behave um a lot of things because a lot a lot of the time the wives they're very young when they get married so um in fact the the new bride belongs to the mother-in-law in a lot of ways and um obviously with me that didn't happen so um they can't tell me what to do and they can't influence my behavior but in the normal turkish family the mother-in-law has a really big uh, influence so you know i think it's easy to see the the reaction was pretty sh- they were shocked in the way they they you know they don't know how to behave with me they don't know what to ask me and this kind of stuff you know. the family are fine now i mean they the family really they like me and they are used to me and they know i think you know they had no experience of english people they know some good things and bad things about um english or or a western woman and they just accept that i mean i'm, I'm lucky really they accept me they say well she's english you know so that's why she's like that Aiden's friends also they um they might have been surprised when he said he was married to a a foreign or a western woman but i think uh they accepted you know they they're fine about it it's not a problem yeah i mean obviously uh culture plays a really important role in a relationship between you know pe- two people from very different cultures and probably that is the uh, those differences are the core real cause of any kind of conflict and one of them can be the difference in language for example we communicate in turkish and uh turkish has a very imperative form when you uh, say you know make some tea uh, and it can sound very much like a command which in english as you know is a very polite language we'd say could you make some tea so sometimes you can get the feeling that someone's commanding you to do something in fact they're just saying it in the normal way um that's one thing and i th- but i think the the main thing is things like turkish national holidays turkish national holidays are very long and uh people go and visit and sit for hours drinking tea and not really saying much like if we visit people in england we have a conversation and then we go but we don't just sit drinking tea so this is pretty boring for us and when there's a national holiday people come around for tea and they sit and they sit and they sit and then more people come around for tea and you can spend two or three days really bored actually you know so this is something that i now we have an arrangement that i don't do it a lot the easiest thing is for us to go and have tea somewhere else and there is an agreed amount of time that we stay and then i say come on let's go now you know and because actually leaving turkey if you visit someone in turkey leaving is very difficult and that's where as i said before sometimes there are advantages and disadvantages one advantage of living in turkey is that people are so hospitable but it can turn into a disadvantage because they won't let you go 
It's like have another tea, have another meal, and you've already had two meals, ten teas, and you can't go. So this lovely hospitality gets a little bit too much, you know. If you look at the other side of the situation, you know, hospitality in the eyes of a Turk, it's a very important thing. It's a very big thing, hospitality. It's one of the most important things. If a visitor comes, you must offer them food and do your best, you know, even if they don't really know you, they will really, it's a great thing, you know. Um, and the family's attitude to me is that you, they need an appointment. They might make a joke. Can we come round or do we need an appointment? And so they know, I mean, I'm working anyway, so people can't just turn up, but, um, you know, um, I think that is a common problem between uh, Turkish and European, you know, marriages between Turks and Europeans. But the biggest one is the um, the family visitors. The bigger, I think, the the thing, the cause of most divorces between Europeans and Turks is family visits. Because if you think of in England or I don't know, you know some other places in uh, Europe, um, people go and stay with you. Your friends might come and stay with you and they might stay for two or three days or maximum a week. But in Turkey, people will come and stay for like six weeks or three months or, or a year. It doesn't happen to me because my family are great, you know, in that way they keep away. They have plenty of, I've got plenty of sister-in-laws. So they come, uh, the mother and father, they come and they go and stay with one sister or not. There are three of them, I'm the fourth. And because I work, that's my great excuse for not having to have people staying, you know, because it's really a very intrusive culture, actually, to, you know, as I said, the, the, there's the, on the one hand, there's this advantage, the hospitality. On the other hand, uh, when people visit you, you're expected to have that same thing and you can't actually tell people to go and people don't go whereas in English culture people kind of I think people know how long you are allowed to not allowed but you know expected to stay I think my husband's family don't really understand uh, that they, they they know that I work and they respect the fact that I work so they don't visit me during the working day, they, they would always ring me and, and come. And this is really unusual actually in the Turkish family that people phone you and say, I'm coming now. They just turn up normally. So, but they don't understand what I do because, you know, to them, half the time I'm just in the garden, I'm at, because I'm at home, they don't understand what I'm doing in the computer. If you, if you say to people, I work with the computer, they think you're just uh, playing on the internet or something. So they don't really know what I'm doing. And I told them that I write books. They don't really understand what that means. I mean, they, they look at the book, but they don't really understand how much work that involves. So when I'm writing a new book and I say, look, I've got lots to do because I'm working, I have to finish this book. They say uh, after a month, oh, haven't you finished that book yet? Like, you know, it should take you a month to write the book. And isn't the book out yet? So, I mean, obviously you can't expect them to know about producing books, you know. I mean, most people don't really understand that process if they're not involved in it because writing is um, a painful process sometimes, you know, and so, uh, but they respect it. I think that's the important thing. I'm really lucky in that way, you know, they give me the space. They don't come and stay with me for five months.
Aiden likes me to work as long as the work is not around when he's around, I guess. And so he gets, he also has this thing of, um, oh, isn't that book ready yet, you know? Why uh, it takes so long and it takes too much. So he doesn't really get it either, but he, he, he kind of respects it as well, you know? And when the book comes out, I think, I don't think he likes to show me too much, um, you know, too much interest there. He thinks I'm gonna become, you know, I think he he kind of underplays that I'm a writer. I mean, with his friends, he probably they probably don't know that I'm a writer because I think he they would think he was trying to show some kind of status or something. I you know he he's a kind of modest kind of person, so he just says my wife's a teacher. I think people know what a teacher is. It's easier, you know. Sometimes the fact that nobody really understands what writing a book how much work goes into it, it does bother me a bit, but I, I, have enough, I know enough. <laughs> but I have uh, enough people around who, who appreciate it, so I'm not, you know, uh, as a writer you're always quite isolated because even if you have supportive friends around you, at the end of the day no one can write for you. So I think every writer appreciates that sometimes you have that block you spend a week or two weeks and you don't write anything, but you're thinking about it all the time. So that's the process, you know, it's not... And I know quite a few people who write the same kind of books and I can always call them and they go, yeah, I've got the same problem, I haven't started yet and I have to start. And So, you know. Turkish marriages in, the, in this area, in the village, if you say a village marriage, um, what I've noticed about them is that the men and the women don't actually spend a lot of time together. And I think in Western environment, we are friends as well as lovers and, and partners with, with our husbands or wives or whatever. And whereas here, a lot of the time, uh, the men, they go to work, they come home, they have their dinner, and they go to the cafe again. And I used to think, oh, that must be, it must be really difficult for the women because, you know, basically they're pretty alone. Um, all day they're on their own, they cook, they clean, they look after the kids and the husbands come home and there's, there's not really any kind of communication between them. Um, but after time, what, what I've realized is the women don't really want to have much more communication with the husbands. They're quite happy if the husbands are, go out uh, because I don't know if it's true of Turkish men or village men everywhere. But uh, the men really live in the men, men's world and the women live in the women's world. So the women will go out and have tea and cook with the you know, women friends. And the men will go to their garage and sit and have tea and whatever. But there, to me there is a huge gap there in, in communication because um, you know, they have children together, they eat together. But there, are, there seems to be something missing in, the, in their closeness or communicate, real communication between uh, men and women. Some of my husband's brothers, they, they've stayed with us for a while and, and they know exactly how we live. And in fact, two of the younger brothers said to me, I would like to have a, a partner like you. I, I want a partner as well, not just a wife. And I want to be able to talk about the world with my partner and I want to be able to um, 
go somewhere at the weekend with with my partner and so that that's quite interesting that the two of them said that but at the end of the day it's not really possible for them because uh, they don't have access to Turkish women you know unmarried single Turkish women are not out anywhere there's no way they would meet them they're not they don't go out to a cinema or a bar or a cafe or they wouldn't be out on their own they're at home so I mean There is an expression in Turkish, aylekus, which means family girl. And, uh, you know, a Turkish man wants to marry a family girl. He doesn't want to meet someone who's been out in the bar or goes around with different men. Because in Turkey, basically, you have a boyfriend. It's possible to have a boyfriend and then you get married. But if you if you came to live in Turkey and you had a boyfriend for six months and then you you had another boyfriend for six months and then you waited a while and you had you would have a very bad reputation in Turkey so it's um you know when I first came to Turkey years ago and I, I had a language school we told the young English teachers that basically you decide quickly who's going to be your boyfriend and that's your boyfriend whilst you're in Turkey because otherwise you, you get some very bad names in Turkey you know because there's nothing in between in Turkey it's a you're either a pure white virgin Or you're a very bad street, you know, lady of the night. So in the village, it's always like that. That the the good. The, that's why the families want people to marry when they're young, before they make any mistakes. They they want the men to marry young to just keep them out of mischief, and they want the women to marry uh, so that they learn how to cook and have babies quickly, and they're not left at home because there's this fear of being on the shelf. So if you're 24 years old and you're not married, it's like, oh, you know, she's on the shelf. She's left at home. Whereas a man can, it doesn't matter if he's 65, you can always find a, a wife for him, you know. Um, but if you look at people in the city, there's not, it's not much difference, actually. I mean, looking at my own friends who lived in Istanbul or Ankara, a lot of their marriages were really pretty much arranged. It was a, a friend of a relative or... So very few people will go out somewhere, meet someone, and then end up marrying them. It's kind of arranged there, through the family or something. You know, For, I was quite surprised by when you go right down to it. Most people's marriages were almost arranged. They were, and I think people envy that, especially people who have had an education, been abroad a little bit. You know, they they envy the fact that you are free, in our society to go out go to the cafe meet people have a boyfriend and say no he's not the right one and meet another one without you being kind of classed as some yeah i think they envy that i think they would like to be able to be freer in that way you know so it's very much a male world in that case because men can do do that and there's a really interesting um article in the newspaper a few weeks ago about a common a syndrome in Turkey that so they talked about some celebrities they went out with a model and an actress and a singer and it's always in the front page of you know the newspapers what they did and where they went and then several years later they marry a village girl that their parents suggest and she wears a headscarf and so there's quite a this kind of double morality thing the men can do what they want And actually, the, finally, the men choose a village girl because the village girl is not going to go out and meet another man or go out and 
get drunk or something. But the village girl is going to cook for you, have your babies and behave herself, you know. I think uh, there is a feminist movement in Turkey, but I think it's very, very slow. And it's only possible if you have the opportunity to go to university and work and be financially independent, maybe. But even after that, your family does dictate to you quite a lot. Um, I have a friend who's a lawyer. She studied abroad, she did a master's degree abroad, and now she's still at home living with her family. And she's a lawyer and she's not really going to meet anybody in her work. So she's 39. And so really that is, people will say, oh, she's not going to get married now. Because what man wants to marry a 39-year-old if he has a choice of a 25-year-old? Or... Okay, sometimes in one family, you know, the marriages or the attitude to marriage seems quite different because my husband's younger brothers, two of them have said to me, we wish we could, you know, just choose our own wives and have a partner rather than just a wife who just cooks and stays at home. And um, Aydin's uh, younger brother uh, is a teacher. He went to university and he's one of the ones who said, yeah, I want a different marriage. I don't want this, you know. Um, but I just found out by chance that he went out with my hairdresser's cousin. And um, they went out a couple of times uh, just for a, a coffee or whatever. And then a few weeks later, he bought her a long skirt. And she just thought, oh, okay. And then a few weeks later, he bought her a headscarf. And then every time he saw her, he started to say, you know, you have to wear this headscarf. And if you want to be with me, you have to wear a long skirt, because in my family, uh, all the women have to do this. And, you know, it's really, it's quite interesting to me, because in actual fact, I've met Aydin's parents, and his mother said to me, you know, in our family it's free. If the women don't want to wear a headscarf, they're free to do that. We don't pressurize anyone. So even in one family, there are very different attitudes to marriage. Uh, another brother, for example, always says to his wife, right, we're going to Antalya, but don't wear a headscarf. Wear normal clothes. So, because I think he feels, uh, he, he wants to be more modern. The men look modern. The men, this can be very uh, uh, deceptive for me, for example, because, you know, as I said, the younger brother, he's a teacher, he's educated. He says to his brothers, read books, don't watch TV all the time. But on the other hand, he is saying, uh, right, now if you want to conform, you have to conform to be with me. And so where is that coming from? It's inside his head. The influence, uh, the, the desire to conform is stronger uh, than the wish to be a little bit different and have a different life. And that's quite sad in a way. You choose to conform because it's safe. I think it's safety. I think it's uh, the fear of risking. If you have a woman who's more open, there's a risk. The risk is that uh, you might lose that woman, I think, that she might find someone else. Okay. Or if she's too independent, there's the, the risk is she doesn't need you. I think the problem is, yeah, uh, the fear of being different, that people would talk about that and you, uh, it may be frowned upon. That's the, the I think it's fear. It's a fear of being different. 
and you know Turkish people do conform. It's not a very you know it's not an a country where individuals are allowed to develop. It's quite a um, paternal regime in a way. It doesn't bother me because I can do what I want. But um, I think it's not it's difficult for Turkey. I think sometimes this whole paternal thing that uh, you know people may be forty years old but still live their father and mother and the father says no you're not going to the cinema or you're not buying a new pair of shoes and maybe his daughter's a 40 year old lawyer that bothers me it bothers me that people don't try to fight against it a little bit it's not fighting but it's just trying to be a little bit more so that's why things change really slowly i think because there's not much resistance I think in Turkish families there, I mean, there are some great things. The support mechanism. You always have somebody to call and they will help you in the family. The, you know, the, the brotherhood is very strong and the sisterhood is very strong too. There's a kind of uh, unspoken agreement that you, you phone, a, if I phone my sisters-in-law, I know they will help me, whatever happens, they'll be there. And the same with my husband's brothers. That is one of the great things. Again, the hospitality, you know, I can, I can ring um, in the middle of the night and say I'm at the airport and Aydin's not here, could you pick me up? And they do that, you know. Um, I can phone up and say, look, I don't have any food in the house, can you cook me dinner? And I can just go around in five minutes. Whereas in England, uh, to show you the other side of the coin, if I phoned people in the middle of the night and said I've arrived at the airport and there's no bus, they just say, take a taxi or something, you know, or don't call me. Why are you calling me at three in the morning? So there are a lot of good things about it, the you know, especially the hospitality and the, the just support mechanism that is there, you know. I think a lot of Westerners still think that Turkey is kind of unknown territory and, and perhaps a little bit dangerous. There's still a dangerous feature there because people always ask me what, What's it like to be with a Turkish man, for example? Or aren't you afraid? Or uh, you know, doesn't he stop you doing this and that? And so um, there is an expectation that uh, you'll be controlled if you are married to a Turkish man, and there is also still a certain degree expectation that uh, it could be uh, it could be bad for you in some way. It could be dangerous. There's, there's a fear, I think. That fear is justified, to be honest, because I think that from my experience of how many people have been married to Turkish men, some of them have had a very violent outcome or a, a, an outcome where they've lost all their money or they've been conned or something. But actually, I don't know if that's to do with the fact that Turkish men or Turkey is dangerous, but the fact that uh, in, in a touristic area, it happens quite a lot. I think it's quite common in other countries. If you go to Greece or you go to uh, Jamaica or somewhere, I think there's this degree of uh, danger of marrying someone that you didn't know enough straight away. Um, but Turkey is a very diverse country, so uh, there certainly is a big difference between different regions. If you go to the east of Turkey or if you go to... Um, Istanbul or Ankara, there, there are, you know, big differences. And then there are big differences in uh, education and in the family education. So, you, you know, you can't see everything 
on the table straight away. Um, but on the other hand, can you ever see that? You know, you, you, you meet a, an Italian man, or you meet a German man, or you meet an English man. You never really know what's on the table until you get married. You never really know someone's true personality. But you wouldn't, perhaps there just wouldn't be that expectation uh, outside Europe. The, this fear thing, this danger thing. Sometimes I really feel like I, l I would like to be able to change the way people think about uh, particularly how Turkish men behave. Because, um, you know, I know a lot of people who have a good relationship with a Turkish man. Uh, it, they might be married or it might just be a friend. There's Turkish friends are certainly very loyal friends. And, um, um, there are a lot of negative views out there, people who've had a bad experience, and so they, they might say to me, oh, yeah, you're married to a Turkish man, that must be difficult, or, oh, why did you do that, or something. So, yeah, you do feel a little bit like a pioneer sometimes, that you can, you, you can actually be a good example, you know, and, uh, and anyway, relationships are individual, and relationships are two-sided, so you can't always say it's the man, it's the man's fault. So, from my point of view, it's um, up to me to make it work as well as the Turkish man because there is a the culture gap is, you know, the cultures are different. There's not a right culture and a wrong culture. And I think sometimes the Western viewpoint of, of Turkey is that, uh, yeah, European and Western is right and Turkish is wrong. And I think that you can't do that. Your culture, you can't say one culture is better than the other. Um, so, in a situation where you've got two cultures coming together, it, both parties have to work to have to make it work. So it's trying to balance out those um, misunderstandings. There's a lot of misunderstandings because in your culture it means this, and in the other culture it means this. So you have to try and get to the bottom of the misunderstandings. And I think there is definitely. A, some prejudice against Turkey, particularly the, the European perspective, that they're all saying the Turks need to change. And, uh, okay, on paper, I suppose, you know, in order to conform with some European standards and things, and things like um, human rights, uh, yeah, Turkey in that respect does need to change. But I think from a cultural point of view, you can't really say that the Turkish culture has to change to be more Western. I mean, you know, you can't say... That's the thing when people talk about cultural difference. It doesn't mean that this culture is somehow better than this culture. You can't say that the, one culture is better than the other or it should be like this. Cultural difference just means that, uh, you know, we have different ways of doing stuff. And so sometimes Turkish people are a little bit defensive about this. If you say it's a cultural difference, they think you're saying there's something wrong with them. And in fact, you're not. You're just saying, look, there's a communicate. Sometimes, you know, there is a communication problem. And uh, I've actually done some training courses in culture training uh, for language teaching. And, you know, the reason that the two business partners can't uh, agree is because there's a, there's a difference in their attitude to it. It's not because this is right or wrong. So I think um, there is still this expectation that Turkey should change and people should should change the way they do things. And I, I think that that's not really the way, you know, the, the two cultures 
have to try to reach an agreement without either of them changing actually why you know why why should a german change to do business with an english person or a turk with a uh, a norwegian person or whatever it's just that they have to come closer in terms of communication yeah. and that's the key also in marriages there are always cultural differences and the more that you actually uh, if you say they are differences they become even more different the key is to find a way to change you, the way you are personally a little bit and for the other person also to try and change themselves so that it makes it easier to communicate so the key is in the in the communication and the, a slight shift in the way you communicate means that you can meet the other culture so actually the first point i think between western um, western culture and uh, turkey is the language barrier if if people would learn a bit of turkish they would understand so much more about turkish people immediately if you just learn 10 phrases in Turkish, you will understand so much more about Turkish people, but most people can't spend the time to do that. It's not a lot of language, actually, you know. Um, maybe that's the key. I write books for teaching English, but specialized English, so it's actually English for finance and banking. And uh, that includes, includes kind of communication skills, so how to how to discuss financial stuff, really. Um, but recently, since I've been in Turkey, I've become interested in writing, you know, change, having a shift, really, you know, in, uh, and uh, the, the topic of women really interests me. I, I think we can talk for hours about how things change or how I expect them to change, but the best way of finding about women is just talking to different women. So. I have a, an, I've started a project now, I've started to, to plan the project and I want to start with um, just talking to 20 Turkish women and I will start in one particular village in fact um, and just talking to them about their lives and about, um, about Turkey, about their lives, about what they want to do, about what they've done and I think that, uh, I mean I'm hoping that I can produce an interesting book out of that and also I can learn more, you know, because I think, the, as I said, the key is communication. You talk to people, you, I, I will learn more because uh, by talking to people you find out what they want, what they expect, how they uh, feel about Turkey, where it's going and, and, and what they want to see in the future in Turkey. So I'm looking forward to having a bit of a shift from heavy educational books into something that it is interesting and it's a learning process too for me because you know, whenever you talk to different people you learn a different perspective from uh, to things. I think that women's women are going through a lot of changes in their minds and you know uh, in terms of what they'd like to do perhaps those changes haven't been made yet but it's the first step is that people start to think about things or start, people start, start to recognize what they would like. So that's the first stage, that before they can have that change, uh, they have to uh, have the idea of where they want to go and what they'd like to do. So, uh, you know, women are, yeah, it, you know, it attracts me, the whole idea of uh, just finding out more about what's going on in their minds and, you know, how they see things. Freedom for me is the possibility to express myself in the way that I 
choose to and to do what I want to do. Uh, but at the same time, not actually um, doing anything that would uh, offend someone else or would damage someone else, hurt someone else in a way. So the freedom to be able to move around uh, when I want to travel, maybe to do the work that I want to do. Um, and the freedom to express myself politically, I think, is very important. In a lot of countries, people don't have that um, um, kind of luxury, you could say, you know, in a way that uh, meant there are still many countries in the world where uh, political freedom is uh, just not possible in any way. And, um, yeah, f freedom also means that I can live in the way that I choose to, so I don't have to conform to any particular... Uh, style of work or style of living or any, again, political movement. Filming for change.